Who do you follow? We live in a social media age where if you have one of the major social media apps like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, it means you follow a lot of people. Many of them will be your friends, or you might follow some friends of friends just because you can't, or people in your sphere of influence. There's also famous people that you would follow um, so that you can get the latest updates on their life. You might want to follow some celebrities in order to find out the new home decor trends or to find out the best way to get in shape or to find out what your favorite celebrity had for breakfast so that you can have that as well. But when you follow someone on social media, you would tap a button on your phone, wait to be accepted, and then you can start scrolling and looking at pictures or videos of their lives, and then that's it. I mean, you might try some workout routines, um, you might follow their fashion sense, but in reality, it doesn't change your life very much. It doesn't cost you anything. But when Jesus calls us to follow him, it means something much different. It comes with a cost. So let's look at what Jesus tells us about what it looks like to follow him. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be in verses 23 to 25. Starting at verse 23. And he, being Jesus, said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? We see here from Jesus a very different way to look at what it means to follow him. There's a cost. And these are some pretty hard words to hear from Jesus because what he's saying is that to follow me means denying yourself. It means denying yourself. That's a pretty radical thing to do in our world today. So often we are all about ourselves. That's what the world wants us to think, that it's all about you. It's all about what you want. Just go and get it. If it feels right for you, then it is right. It is good. Fight for what you want. We're told that if you want to buy really expensive things, even if you can't afford it and it might hurt your family, do it. If you're craving something or wanting something, even if it might not be good for you, go for it. If it feels right to let your eyes or your heart wander, do it. It's all about us. And that can bleed into our walks with Christ sometimes. Kyle Eidelman wrote a book called Not a Fan. And in this book, he describes the temptations that we can have to be fans of Jesus and not followers of him. When you go to Scotiabank Arena and watch the Toronto Maple Leafs get beaten by the Montreal Canadiens, um, you are a fan in the seats. 
You're cheering on your team. You're jumping up and down. You're getting excited, hyped up. But then you go home and you might think about the game a little bit. You might talk about the game with some friends or coworkers the next day. But it doesn't affect your life in any major way. Sometimes we can fall into the trap of, of being fans of Jesus. We can stand on the sidelines, jump up and down for Jesus, cheer him on. You might go home and think about Jesus a little bit, but it doesn't affect in our lives in any major way. And then once we realize what it costs to be a follower of him, well, that starts to get a little uncomfortable. Because that means you have to start giving things up. You realize you might not always get what you want. You might not have as much time to play golf. Well, I just don't know if I want to give that up. It might mean less time relaxing and watching TV. It might mean less time having money to, or less money to be able to spend on yourself. It could mean more time spending time doing things for other people. And I don't know, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. Because what we want to do, the comfort we have, the sins we enjoy, they can drive us. And that's what we're told we should be doing by people all around us. That's what we see people do all around us. So why, why can't I do it too? Why can't I be happy? Why can't I do what I want? Why can't I just go to church, cheer on Jesus, jump up and down for him, and then just still go home and to be able to do what I want to do? What Jesus is saying here is so counterintuitive to what we have been wired to believe. I remember when I got married to Cassandra, one of the things that I came to realize was how often I wanted to fight for what I wanted, even for really silly things like choosing what movie we wanted we were going to watch. Because so often what we want, our, what our self wants is so important to us. But in our verse, Jesus is telling us that to follow him means denying ourselves. To deny what we want. Deny the things that are our go-tos. The things that we may really want to do or feel like we need to do for the sake of Christ. I read a, a helpful way to look at this by um, a commentator of the book of Luke. And he used the illustration of when Peter denied Jesus. Right, we, we know the story of when and Peter denied Jesus and he was emphatic and said, I do not know this man. To deny ourselves is in a similar way to say, I do not know myself. I totally forget that myself exists for the sake of Christ. I deny myself, forget myself, not know who myself is in order to follow Jesus. And as Jesus continues in our passage, he gives us an idea of what it looks like to deny ourselves. To, as we pursue following him, he tells us what it looks like to deny ourselves and follow him. And that is to take up our cross. We see that again in verse 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. When we first hear Jesus say those words, 
when we hear the word cross, we think of how amazing the cross is, right? Because, you know, we think of everything the cross means for us because of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. How on the cross he bore our sins, bore the punishment we deserved, that he satisfied God's wrath on the cross. Because of that, we can have eternal life. So for us, for believers in Jesus, on this side of the resurrection, we hear the word cross and it means something joyous to us. But when Jesus' disciples heard Jesus say, take up your cross, they were not thinking warm and fuzzy thoughts. They had probably heard of or seen people in their villages that had to go up and take their cross. A band of of Roman soldiers would come, take someone away. They would have to carry this huge wooden beam, carry it to the place where they would get hung on a cross and die in a terrible way. So for the disciples to hear Jesus say, take up your cross, they were thinking of those people who were taken away by the Romans, taken to go carry their cross. And it was a one-way trip. They did not come back. Even right before our passage, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them what's going to happen to him. Look back with me at Luke 9, 21 and 22. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So Jesus is telling them, this is going to happen to me soon. I'm about to be rejected, I'm about to suffer, and I'm about to be killed. So come, take up your cross and follow me. I know you may have heard of people in your villages who have taken up their cross and and died a terrible death, but come, take up your cross and follow me. That would not have been the most encouraging thing to hear if you were a disciple of Jesus. Because Jesus is saying that there is a cost to follow him. It requires denying yourself, taking up your cross, dying to your old way of life. It's a one-way trip. There's no going back. You're not going back to your old life, but every day you decide that you are going to lay down, lay aside what you want, and commit to following Jesus. Galatians 2.20 brings this idea out really well. Paul says this in in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. To deny yourself means to take up your cross, every day decide that you are going to die to what you want, deny what you want, to say, I do not know myself, and follow Jesus. It's not following like following someone on social media where you click a button and then just look at a screen and don't have to do anything. It's not like where we can just stand on the sidelines and and cheer on Jesus. But Jesus tells us that 
to be his followers, our lives change completely. It means total commitment. There's no going back. No longer I who lives. And this isn't just something that happens at salvation. It's not, we don't deny ourselves only in the moment where we trust in Jesus for salvation. And then as we continue to live our lives, don't have to deny ourselves anymore. There are many things in life where we do, if we do it only once, we are in trouble, right? If I only decide to eat vegetables once a year, I might not be in a great place, right? In daily life, there's things that we do every day. We shower every day, brush our teeth daily, um, tuck, eat well, tuck your children in at night. So we know that salvation is a moment of trusting in Jesus, saving faith in Jesus, But following him, denying ourselves, taking up our cross isn't something that we do just once or once or twice a year, but something we do daily. Taking up our cross, denying ourselves is an ongoing characteristic of what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Every day denying what we want, pushing aside the temptations to be comfortable where we're at, Pushing aside the desire to give in to sin because it feels good, looks good, so appealing. In our marriages, it means saying no to the flesh that wants to fight for what we want, wants to put our own needs first instead of putting our spouse's needs before our own. When we're with friends, it means saying no to doing things that goes against God's word, saying no to things that are foolish. At work, it means every day deciding to deny what our flesh wants and to not put ourselves in compromising positions. Being willing to risk it all, even willing to die for the sake of Jesus. And as all of us know, the self can have such a strong hold on us or want to have such a strong hold on our lives. So many moments in our days can be driven by what our flesh wants. Where moment after moment, it can be so easy to just want to give in a little bit here, compromise a bit there, stay comfortable here, hold on tight a little bit there. But we are called by Jesus as followers followers of him to give up what we want, to lay that down. There's another great verse in Galatians that continues to talk about this idea of taking up our cross. Galatians 5.24 says this, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Again, if we belong to Jesus, if we are his disciples, it means that we daily put to death, crucify the flesh along with its passions and desires that want to lead us away from the path that Jesus has for us. And this isn't just a, you know, an easygoing, lackadaisical way to live, but drastic, active, requires effort, action. It takes a love for Jesus and his ways, relying on Jesus. It means saying no to ourselves, I do not know this man. Look at Luke 9.24 with me again. 
Jesus says, Forever, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Another way to look at this verse is to say whoever wills to save his life. And that points to this attitude of trying to get everything out of life for himself. And again, that idea of everything being about us. How can I get the most pleasure out of life? How can I best live my life in a way that benefits me? But as followers of Jesus, we are called to the opposite, to be willing to lose our lives for the sake of Jesus. To be willing to risk pleasure, risk comfort, risk losing friends for Jesus. And this is not an easy thing to do. It is not easy to deny ourselves daily, to carry our cross and follow Jesus. But Jesus gives us some perspective on why it is so worth it. Having perspective on why the things we do can be so worth it can be really helpful for us. Because there's many things in life that we do that are hard, uncomfortable, not fun. But knowing why we do them, why it's worth it, can be really helpful. When I asked Cassandra's dad's permission to marry her, it was not something I wanted to do because I was terrified. I was very nervous. I ended up meeting him at Tim Hortons and we grabbed some drinks and we didn't eat them, we didn't have our drinks in the Tim Hortons. We decided to go outside and we sat on the bed of his pickup truck. It felt like a country song, and I do not like country music. <laughs> it was terrifying, but it was worth it. Even though it was a hard thing to do, I knew it was a good thing to do, the right thing to do. And it was worth it to be able to propose to Cassandra. Jesus knows that denying ourselves, picking up our cross, is hard. He knows our weaknesses, sympathizes with us, knows our struggles. And he gives us perspective on why following him is so worth it, even if it means every day denying what we want. And he tells us this in verse 25. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? What does it profit? That is, again, really hard for us to hear because to gain the world often seems so appealing to us. It can seem so worth it. Maybe you're in the middle of chasing after everything the world has to offer right now, and maybe you're getting everything your your heart wants. Or even just knowing yourself, you can probably think right now about um, everything the world has to offer that you would chase after if you were not denying yourself. And we all know how powerful Ourself can be in those moments where we are tempted to give in to ourselves. In those moments where it just seems so worth it. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. It won't hurt anyone. It, it'll be fun. But Jesus gets us to ask a really important question. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to give in to ourselves and chase after everything our heart desires? to gain everything the world has to offer. 
Because if we do not deny ourselves, if we do not take up our cross and follow Jesus, if we gain everything we have ever wanted, well, that means forfeiting ourselves. In the moment, we think it can be so worth it to indulge, to chase ourselves what our flesh wants. But Jesus tells us in reality, it is of no profit. It is not worth it. Because chasing after everything we want, having all the desires of our hearts, leads to death. But the straight and narrow path that leads to life is found in the cross. Jesus died for us and he wants us to die with him. To die every day to the things that we may, th- we may think are worth it. Instead to trust that the way Jesus has laid out for us is ultimately worth it because it leads to life. Gaining the whole world is incredibly less valuable than eternity with God. More and more we find ourselves being told that the ways that God has laid out for us are not good, that they are not worth trusting, that God's ways are old-fashioned, not relevant, not understanding to what we are actually going through, that God designed us to be male and female, that, that can't be good, or that God designed marriage to be between a husband and a wife, well, that can't be right. Like God would say that we are not to have sex before marriage, well, that's just not with the times. That's just not relevant anymore. Or for God to say that we are not to just put ourselves first and and think of ourselves first, well, that's not really fair to me. So we've been told over and over that God's ways are not good, are not worth following. So again, what Jesus is telling us can be so counterintuitive to every day deny what I want. To every day die to what I want, to take up my cross and follow him, how can that really be good? But Jesus tells us that it is of great profit, great profit, so worth it to give up what we want and follow him. And this first happens when the Lord reaches down and saves you, when you have come to the point of recognizing your sin, recognizing that you have wanted to have one hand on the wheel of your life, wanted to do things your way, and then coming to the point where you no longer trust in yourself, but instead trust in Jesus for salvation. But again, to deny ourselves isn't just something that happens when we first trust in Jesus, but to pick up our cross and follow him is an ongoing, daily characteristic of what it looks like to follow him, to be a disciple of Jesus. Because it will take great effort. It will be uncomfortable. It will mean you might have to have some tough conversations or not have as much time to yourself or not as much money to yourself or you might have to lose some friends. But to deny yourself, to let go of control over your life and to say, I do not know this man, that's how we follow Jesus. To take up your cross, to be willing to face rejection, willing even to face death, that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Aiken, in his commentary on Mark, says this, following Jesus involves risking it all, safety, security, satisfaction in this world. 
But he promises us that it leads to a reward this world could never, ever offer. This world could never offer the reward that Jesus offers to those who follow him. And even though it involves risking what we want, risking being comfortable, risking the sins that we enjoy, it is so worth it because the reward is so much infinitely greater. There's a cost, and we have to count that cost. And to carry our our cross, that represents the ultimate in self-denial, and it's hard. And to say, I do not know myself, and I've died to what I want, but I do know Jesus. That's a high calling and a, a cost we must consider. And there will be times in our lives where we, we fail, times in our lives where we turn to ourselves instead of laying ourselves down. But by the grace of God, may we constantly be reminded that the path that Jesus has laid out for us is the best path. And the grace of God will help you move forward in following him. In a few minutes, we're going to be singing the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And one of the verses says this, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. When the disciples heard Jesus say, pick up your cross, the cross meant only torture and death. But to us who follow Jesus, the cross means life. It is wondrous. It speaks of love amazing, so divine. Jesus isn't calling us to do something he hasn't already done for us. Jesus laid down his life, denied himself because of his love for the Father and because of his love for us. Jesus died for us and now he calls us to die with him, to give him our soul, our lives, our all. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for his submission to you, for him denying himself, denying his comfort, um, risking it all for the sake of you and for his incredible love for us. And Lord, even as we Um, journeyed through this difficult passage and it's hard, it's not easy. Lord, give us your grace, give us the strength to go today and to daily lay down what we want, to daily deny ourselves for your sake and for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom and strength in those moments where it can be so tempting to want to give in to ourselves. But just, Lord, we pray that you will put it on our heart, on our minds, remind us Give us the conviction and the strength to every day in those so many moments throughout our day to say, no, I'm going to follow Christ. I do not know this man myself, but I am going to lay down what I want for the sake of Christ. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.